And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Sometimes it be like that, but I'm not myself. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, busy show today. We're going to talk with Dan Pachitafong. He's the executive chef at the Penticton Lakeside Resort. We're going to get some tips for home cooks from Dan and talk about his favorite new ribs in the restaurant. Lindsay and Graham O'Rourke join us from Tightrope Winery. They're the first certified sustainable winery in British Columbia. We want to talk a bit about how that's unfolding across the province. Ingo Grady joins us on short notice. We're going to talk about all things wine, the growing season, and how fast it's moving ahead. And we're going to talk about one of his favorite topics, bocce. Uh, it seems to be exploding in the Okanagan. Coming up next, Daniel Castaño joins us from Spain. He gives us a history lesson on the Monastrell grape and an important update on Spain's reawakening post-COVID. Now, all that and more is coming up next on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network, heard 20 times across British Columbia every week. Exciting news from Bell Media this week, as all our network Easy Rock stations have been rebranded as Bounce. Bounce Radio delivers favorites from the past with hits from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. The Bounce Big Money Jackpot gives one listener the opportunity to win $25,000. Visit BounceRadio.ca. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality for wines that are elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven. Visit them by appointment or purchase their wines online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping offered to all BC and Alberta customers on orders of six bottles or more. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We want to make getting your favorite Hillside wines easy. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. 
Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we head off to Spain today, and our guest is uh, Daniel Castaño, who has uh, been to many wine festivals in Vancouver over the years. He's at Bodega Castaño. Uh, I don't know. He, I'm going to let him explain exactly where he is. I think he, you're a little closer to Madrid than you are to Barcelona. But, Daniel, how are you, and welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for this uh, this opportunity. Yeah, we, we are located in the southern part of Spain, uh, not far from the coast, and perhaps the two most relevant locations as a reference could be Valencia or Alicante down on the Mediterranean coast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, well, I mean, uh, one hour by car from the coast, but we are high in altitude where we are. It's Pretty much uh, between six and eight hundred meters above sea level. That's kind of yeah. the the location where the vineyards are. You're uh, very famous for the Monastrell grape, so maybe we'll start there because it's a great story. It's been around a long time and and grown uh, in many places around the world. What can you tell us about Monastrell today that uh, we should know? Well, <clears throat> Monastrell is a, is an amazing uh, is a super resistant grape variety. Uh, in, in our case, has proven to to have an amazing adaptation to a dry climate. is uh, is is a is a is a kind of vine that can resist like uh, you know a number of months without seeing rain. I mean, we have uh, we may have had four months in a row no rain, and the vines, bush vines, non-irrigated, will still show an amazing. Uh, liveliness and and freshness. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's a you know very interesting to to see that. Yeah, uh, known as Mobedra across the border in France. Uh, did you take it to France, or did France take it to you, or did someone bring it there? What what, what is a bit of the old history of it? Yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean from what we have uh, kind of. Uh, Seen. We, we've made some kind of research. We've uh, been, you know, with some, uh, you know, colleagues from France that we have uh, made some tastings together, you know, in the Provence, you know, the parts in the Bandol region. So for, for what it looks like, Mourbetre and Monastrel belong to the same family. But, you know, for some reasons, there, there must be some kind of like uh, different clones in, in the end that make, yeah. make them a little bit slightly different. But Obviously, you know, they, they come from the same family. Whether, you know, Monastrel came to Spain, to France, I mean, we, we see, we've seen, you know, this vine, you know, uh, staying in this land, in this part of the, of the country for, you know, quite a long time. You know, we have like uh, uh, Greeks, uh, in theory, uh, started really producing wines uh, back a uh, few, few centuries ago. Yeah, true. Wow, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, the reason we wanted to catch up with you today was, uh, in both Casey and I have this wine in front of us now, is a, a new release from Hecula, uh, from uh, Castaño, called the Hecula Monastrel, and it's organic. Uh, so let's start there with organics. A lot of people are pursuing it. What's the history of organics at, at your property? Well, <clears throat> we are these days really addressing our winemaking operation into organic. And that is, uh, well, the case in this case is due to a very dry weather condition. Very little rain during the year. Our vineyards are naturally treated. It means we don't need to use any pesticide or agrochemicals at all. 
and based on, on current situation, people wanting to be more careful with environment, sustainability. Putting all these facts together, we have uh, the capability to contribute a bit more with uh, nature. And the decision has been made. I mean, my family has decided by 2023, vintage uh, production is going to be uh, organic. I mean, all the vineyards will be organically certified. Yeah. Mm. That's fantastic. Uh, we, we like to hear that. Always good for uh, what's good for the land, I think, is good for all of us. So that that that's great. Uh Okay, we're tasting the wine. Casey, you've just had a sip of this wine. Uh, it's a long weekend in B.C. What do you think? I can't wait to take it home and finish it off. <laughs> and I w- would love to know, Danielle, what you what's your favorite food pairing with Monastro? Well, it, it's, uh, I, I have Ecula, uh, you know, as a very versatile uh, wine in terms of food pairing. Uh, you know, this is spiciness that comes uh, through makes it really open but to me um i mean one of my my preference could be you know a nice barbecue but in particular a nice burger this is this is my wine whenever i'm even you know being at home or when i travel you know having a juicy you know big thick burger is is uh, you know my my uh, you know this is the, the way to to really feel the pleasure of uh, food and wine in this case so that's a, a you know easy recommendation in this case. I could really put with with this uh, 90, yeah. 2019 Ecula. Yeah, I'm thinking of myself. I'm thinking about like grilled lamb chops. Like it's it's quite a rich wine. But what what's interesting is the acidity is is quite vibrant. I, I know you mentioned you're at altitude. Is that part of it? Like cooler cooler evenings or cooler nights? Yeah. That, that's exactly yeah we may have you know summers can be like super hot during the day but during the night uh, yeah temperature kind of uh, you know drops uh, easily uh, celsius we are talking about uh, 16 degrees while you know during the day we may reach 40 degrees mm-hmm. i so, think it yeah. would i think it would be uh, great for a barbecue all summer here yeah yeah for sure our guest is Daniel Castaño from Bodega Castaño in uh, Spain. We were talking about Monastrel and mentioning no water. Uh, let's talk a bit about old vines, too, because they're, they're such uh, interesting people in some ways to me. Do you talk to your old vines, and do, you, do they inspire you when, you when you walk in old vines? <clears throat> oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. We, we, we are, we've been, you know, trying to secure and take care of uh, so so many plots we have in the area, especially on the higher elevation. We have vineyards between 60, even some over 100 years old vines. And uh, mm. obviously, you know, we are talking about low yielding vineyards. But in the end, well, the fruit we are really processing here is uh, what we are really getting in terms of uh, concentration structure, is, is amazing. The, the the vibrancy we really get into the wines here, which is, is phenomenal. Yeah. What? Uh, so, how does the family deal with the vineyards? Because if they're if you have these old vines, it, obviously you have to replant a few, maybe a very small percentage every year. Or how, how is that approached in, in you know in terms of the whole vineyard? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> in some cases. Uh, some of these vines are getting to you know an age when obviously they are you know getting old you know like 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 people do obviously but <laughs> but in in some cases yeah we we try 
some of these gaps or you know vines are kind of you know just continue those have been uh, well replanted and uh, of course trained to just uh, put some some of those gaps with the new ones but of course those are treated separately in terms of the the, the grape when we do the picking so we we mm-hmm. carry on with uh, all vines separately from those that have been replaced uh, uh you know uh, in the past few years yeah yeah just wondering what's happening today in Spain. Like, are you? Can you have visitors? Are you that open? Or are you still closed, shut down? Or what? What? What's the situation at the moment for visitors? Uh, at least Spanish visitors or locals. Well, uh, only last week, um, the yeah, domestic traveling was open up again. Uh, so after it was, you know, January when it was closed down, so nobody could really commute from. A province or communities within Spain. Right. Now that has, has opened up again, and uh, yeah, at least people can travel. Obviously, taking care of and uh, following all the measurements that have are established. Uh, but uh, in terms of uh, uh, international traveling, from what I know, that's still uh, sort of uh, controlled, not not really open so far. I guess whenever vaccination reach. In the next few weeks, I, I, I believe no more than a month from now, should be in a position to reopen again. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, European countries most likely, yeah. and I think internationally as well. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So we are really starting to reactivate things. You know, especially trying to, well, you know, reorientate the uh, enoturismo. I mean, you know, having people come and visit us and uh, enjoy the, the wine experience. That's hopefully that's it's going to be an important part of the of the of the whole thing again. Yes, mm-hmm. we've all been missing that. And Danielle, you've got a new bag in box format for Monastrell. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, exactly. Go yeah, ahead. No bag in box is uh, is from what we can see. I mean, we started in the Scandinavian countries, and uh, this is a uh, this is a format that has really uh, well seen an amazing growth. I mean, especially during lockdown periods that people couldn't really, you know, I mean, go out and, and do their normal things uh, in, in uh, you know, bars, restaurants. So so this, this we, we have really perhaps uh, put a little bit of focus there as well. Um, we, uh, yeah, we, we, we decided we had the especially entry-level range uh, with this, the organic also, uh, where, uh, where, where, you know, open, we were open to really put that in place. And, we started to ship into BC, uh, you know, some of the wines in, in bag in box, which is are starting to really show good response yeah. as well. That's yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'm just such a big fan of all that because I think you know, for instance, if it's a and it will be, I guess, in a few years, if it's organic in bag in the box, I mean, the whole package together, the sustainability of it all, it just makes a lot of sense to young consumers, and I think you're on the right track there. Uh, we can only hope that our monopolies will embrace it. Uh, they have a few now, but the selection's pretty brutal at the moment, and not very. And it doesn't really represent their best suppliers. So it'd be nice to see some top producers like Castaño in there with the bag in the box and giving consumers more choice. Uh, so keep on pushing, man. <laughs> I will. I will without any <laughs> doubt. Yes. But it's really hard for me not to buy it by the bottle because it's such a beautiful bottle, and it's—I guess you would say—it's copper and green. Yeah, yeah, that sort of tail with this uh, kind of like a mosaic, right? A mosaic, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
beautiful exactly, mosaic. Exactly. The Castaño 2019 Hecula, it's available uh, at the moment organic. It's available in British Columbia uh, private wine shops for roughly $16.99. You'll find it at uh, prices around that price point around the province. Uh, <clears throat> not yet in government stores, but maybe soon it'll be there as well, uh, which would be nice. Daniel, so great to catch up with you today. Uh, we really appreciate your time, and I know that you're a world traveler, and I'm sure you're itching to get back on the road, so either we're going to see you in Spain or, or in Vancouver next, and uh, we can't wait. Absolutely. I, I so much appreciate the time you've given to me, so thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank so you. Yeah. All the best. That's, yeah, all the best to you. Say hello to your family. That's Daniel uh, Castaño. Really, he is a world traveler. I, I feel for some of these guys who who lived on the road. Uh, although he says he's hiking and traveling and in uh, uh, the best health he's ever been in at the moment, so that's kind of nice too. BC Food and Wine Radio is now heard in 20 cities across British Columbia, including our new markets of Fort Nelson and Fort St. John on the New Bounce Radio. Thanks for listening. We'll take a quick break. Plenty more coming up. Uh, guess what? Our next guest is not showing up, but we have someone else to talk in his place. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. In days of yore, thirsty travelers carry their wine in traditional Spanish wineskins known as bodas. And from that ancient tradition comes a 21st century inspiration. Introducing Boda, highly approachable, fruit-forward wines in 100% recyclable containers. With Boda Box, there's no light, no air. Boda Box keeps the elements out and the wine fresh for up to 30 days after opening for convenience you can take anywhere, anytime, even at home. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Find out more at BodaBox.com. Bold. Award-winning. Discover Gold. Our tasting room at Gold Hill Winery is open and ready to welcome locals. We're supporting our BC wine drinkers as they support BC winemakers. Become a member of our wine club and we'll send the taste of Oliver Nasoyas right to your door with free shipping. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com. Casual Modern Dining, exceptional Okanagan flavor, introducing the most anticipated new eatery in the valley. 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Isuyus. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to create an unforgettable dining experience for you, utilizing fresh local ingredients. 15 Park Bistro's Lakeside Patio, with its unmatched views of Lake Isuyus, is now open with inside dining coming soon. For reservations and more, including full takeout menu options, visit 15parkbistro.com. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. Red Rooster Winery invites you on a sensory journey from grape to glass. Savor the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountain views from their estate on the Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their award-winning and estate-grown Reserve Malbec, the perfect bold red to complement any occasion. 
Seated tastings are offered Thursday through Monday, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. this spring. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Neither of us are having a baby in the near future, as far as I know, Casey. No, we're Speak not, for myself. Tony. How about you? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but our next guest is apparently today and couldn't come on. Exactly. Uh, so we're going to leave him alone uh, to enjoy his day. And uh, we made a quick call and uh, managed to catch up to our insider, Ingo Grady, the founder of Hermit Wines, who's uh, becoming quickly becoming Mr. South Okanagan, I think, uh, who's going to fill in. Ingo, how are you today? Amazing. It's nice to be back on with you. And, yeah, there's no babies in our future either, except for grandbabies. Which <laughs> yes. Is great. Yeah. That's uh, right. That's it, always good. It's better, isn't it? It's a part-time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it's better. laughs> uh, well, the last time we, we talked to you, we talked to you about your uh, your new releases, uh, your Rosé and your RMX. How are things going there? Going really well. Sorry, at the Hermit Wine Company, yeah. The Hermit. The Hermit, yeah. The Hermit. Yeah. Uh, the RMX is the new vintage. Um, I'm just delivering a case of Hermit to the Cactus Club in Kelowna. So I'm on the okay. road today, but but thrilled to be speaking with you. And, and that's the 2018, well. is that the 2018, uh, the new vintage uh, 2019 Hermit and 2018 yeah. RMX. RMX, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're, both, Super. they're both on the website. We Somebody sent me a picture um, of an RMX bottle on on a windowsill, and their daughter had put had placed a little... A toy unicorn right next to it and I said well, that's what I call my wines the unicorn wines just uh-huh. like the aforementioned they're rare hard to find and it's not about price it's just about being a little bit different you know and and that describes perfectly the hermit and the RMX and if you're in the cactus club either one of them in Kelowna you can yeah. you can enjoy my hermit, um, and especially on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. <laughs> right. Well, I, why. I would say that Syrah, Melbeck, Grenache, and Movedra with a little bit of Viognier is is pretty unicornish for BC. So, which is I think the RMX mix, right? Yeah. And 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 it's it's a wine that I love drinking, and that's you know at this point in my career, that's all I'm interested in. Not convention. You know, and and hopefully there's enough people, yeah. you know, that enjoy. There's only 136 cases, hence hence the unicorn. Ingo, Ingo how can yeah. how can we get you? I'd like to go in a room with you with a bunch of young winemakers and say, here's an idea. Why don't you make wine that you like drinking? Do you think that would ever go yeah. over? Yeah, yeah. Um, that would well, be some people. <laughs> that would be well fun. Know, you know, <laughs> we're a little bit longer in the tooth, and and we've we've been there and. A lot of the young guys just don't listen, and it's got to be authentic and natural, whatever that means. You know, yeah, I just want like deliciousness um, yeah. and sound winemaking. Obviously, the chemistry has to be spot yeah. on, and everything has to be checked all the time. So, yeah, no, you're right. It'd be a fun exercise. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of drinking going on. Yeah. Ingo, you mentioned, uh, did you say Tuesdays and Wednesdays at Cactus Club because it's di- uh, the wines are discounted, correct? Half price bottles. Half yeah. price, and even better. It, it's a well chosen list to begin with, um, but um, you know, with fairly healthy markups. So um, a lot of bottle sales happen on on those two days, which are probably slower. It's a smart business decision. Everything they do at Cactus is, is superb, you know, and a 
and we all know who's responsible for the standards and the wine list. So very, very good. Uh, i got to ask, uh, because we don't really know what's going to happen with uh, the lockdown after the long weekend, what's your sense of how the long weekend might look uh, uh, in the Okanagan? Do you think it's going to be quiet, big, normal? Quiet. Quiet. Yes. quiet. Been, uh, sales have been soft. Traffic's been light. Heck, I made it through Kelowna in record time today. Um, mm-hmm. But it's the calm before the storm. Uh, I was talking to my friends at Spirit Ridge yesterday, and they got record June, July, August bookings. So yep. um, everybody's anticipated uh, a relaxation of the travel rules. And, uh, you know, I'm missing about 30% sales because there are no tourists in the Okanagan right now. The locals mm-hmm. support us uh, better than ever. I think a lot of mid-range, uh, you know, under $20 imports are probably suffering yep. a bit because people yep. are electing to purchase uh, local Sure. Which is a good thing for me. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Like, I'm hoping that they're going to open up, but I look in the U.S. and I think, oh, my God, uh, like we heard, you know, we heard today go- coming on the show that there's a lot of positive tests in the in the NHL and you see people in the stands mm-hmm. and you just wonder how. Uh, I kind of like the idea of opening up slow, but uh, I just have no idea when, it, when it's going to happen. I know that we're scheduled to be on the road in early June to do some shows in the Okanagan, and uh, we hope that we're mm-hmm. going to be able to at least get up there and do those outside in a safe manner and uh, you know talk to some people we haven't seen in such a long time. Well, I want to get on yeah, those no, bocce courts. <laughs> well, there, there's a few. Um, I... I uh, you know, my wife Patty is is uh, working the season at Barty Brothers. Uh, great wines, great values. I know you've given them some some um, lovely scores, Tony. Yeah. Um, so uh, Michael and Jody have asked Patty to oversee the uh, the construction of a tournament size Barty court, and we're going to get Barty, not Pateng. Um, very similar games. Um, we'll have a big sign up with the rules, um, provided you know how many rules do we really observe with a glass in hand. Uh, oops, I don't know if that's actually legal. <laughs> yeah. But you have two hands, one for the for the bowl uh-huh. and, and one for your And glasses, one for the other uh, bowl. The bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cup it firmly. Uh, yeah, keep it low. And, and, and I think that's, yeah. We'll, we hope to have some, um, some home and away uh, tournaments with uh, other vintners. Uh, I know the guest house at Assoy's La Rose has a lovely court, probably more leaning towards the French side. Um, yeah. And I'm still researching as to which other vintners might have one. Meyer yeah. Vineyards might have one. Well, uh, they play casual just on the lawn. So I see. more lawn bowling than um, than the proper bocce. Oh. And this yeah. will be compacted, that, that, they would oyster be, shells, crushed. Yeah. Meyer would be Jack's rules, probably. Yes, that's the thing. Somebody's that, that was a joke. That was a dominant. joke, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, but things are happening fast here in the Okanagan. Yeah. Uh, the gold uh, season is well on its way. I'm glad you mentioned that. I know that we've been running a camera up in a in a Kelowna vineyard for the last uh, four weeks, five weeks. To we were hoping to catch uh, you know bud break, and it's amazing how much growth we've seen in the North Okanagan, which is usually you know late. What is going on? Why is it so green and so healthy and growing so well? And, Tony, how can we see this camera? Uh, yeah, go over to gizmaniawine.com. You'll pick it up right on the front page. You'll be able to connect to it and uh, have a look at it. Yeah. We tell you everything, the temperature, the wind speed, whatever. Yeah, no, it's a great service. And I know people who listen to your program are already pre-qualified. You know, they're into wine. They want to know. They want to know what's going on. 
And yeah. it's been a super benign spring. Michael Barty mentioned it's the driest spring that he's ever seen in, in the Oliver area. Uh, mm. But it's been uh, mild. And, and if, if the grapevine had a say in this whole thing, uh, 25 degrees, that's all they need <laughs> for about 100 days once flowering has happened. So uh, we've gone, like you said, bud break seems like yesterday. Um, the Hermit Vineyards got all the suckering and shoot thinning done. You know, wow. Suki Dollywall's team just came in there and swept through there. Wow. And the growth, if you stand there long enough, guys, uh, you can actually watch the watch them grow. Uh, green growth. You can, and, well, and it's a fluorescent green right now. It's so green. Yeah, right it's so great. Maybe you can explain if people went, if they go over to Gizmonian Wine and you can look at this very high, it's a 4K close up of the vine. You can see now, uh, you can see the, I was going to say florets, but they're not, it's not flowering yet, but you see the start of the bunch. Is that not correct when you, when you look at them? Oh, absolutely. The bunches are formed, uh, and the key is uh, for them to be formed uniformly. Yeah. Um, and that's next stop flowering. Like we're just in hope, hoping that, you know, we have one, I think tomorrow it's supposed to rain and the rest is, is sunny yeah. mid twenties. Um, Cause we opened the pool, Patty and I, and, and hopefully you'll, you'll you know, come and visit in June. Yeah. What it reminds me of Ingo is when I was young and we were really studying wine all the time. So when the flowering came, we were just, we were absolutely, uh, you know, overrun by information from the Bordelais about, there's got to be the right temperature. It's better if there's no wind. We don't want any rain. You know, all of these things to have a perfect set, uh, which means yeah. all of the all of the berries uh, set on the bunch. So this is what's going to happen. And then, how much time after that set, Ingo, before there we're crushing grapes? Well, from when when flowering is fully declared, uh, depending on the grape variety, it's a hundred days. Yeah. You know, that's the wow. old saying. Now it's the, maybe 120 if it's Cabernet. Uh, and Petit Verdot, but um, yeah. 100 days is still the average in the Northern Hemisphere, and uh, maybe in the Southern, too. I'm not experienced down there. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it's just everything happens with a heightened sense of urgency, and that's Mother yeah. Nature. And, and like I said, it's been so uh, so benign. We're off to a great start, and we need a good crop, Tony. Um, as you know, there's a shortage of grapes. There's a shortage of vineyards. There's a shortage of wine. If you're looking for your favorite tipple, I mean, get it early. Don't wait till the last few cases uh, are on the shelf. Are on the shelf. And yeah. when, what, fast. what do you do about the birds? When do they get take an interest in the vines? Um, well, it's really just uh, starlings, and is it flocks of starlings? I don't know what they're called. Black swifts? I don't know. Um, a, but that's really in, in autumn. You know, this is they like the sweet fruit. Yeah, they don't like right. okay. So no, there's no dark. worries about. Yep. They're like bears. No, and we generally don't have much of an issue. I know we have the bangers and things, but but there's an agreement between all the orchardists and grape growers that a lot of those uh, nasty birds are are kind of taken care of in the spring. <laughs> I don't want to Uh-oh. know, and I can't yeah. talk about it. <laughs> oh, boy. I think we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yes, Ingo, yes, yes. Uh, thanks for filling in today uh, on short notice. We really appreciate it. It's always great to get an update on what's happening. And uh, what I tell you, as I keep saying every week, we cannot wait to get up there, and I hope we're going to be up there the first week of June. So uh, we'll try and look you up as we uh, fly through. We look forward to seeing you. It's always a delight to be on the show with you guys. Take care. Thank you. Thanks so much, Ingo Grady. He's the founder of Hermit Wines. Uh, His little vineyard is down in the South Okanagan on a perfect little hillside uh, facing somewhat southwest. 
catching the sun uh, in the early morning and escaping the late day heat. Shout out to those of you who listen to our weekly podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Overcast. Listen on your time and preferably with a glass of wine. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We're not done yet. Uh, when we come back, Graham and Lindsay O'Rourke join us to talk about sustainability and uh, wine growing in the Okanagan. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. British Columbia's wine growing history dates back generations, and today it's one of the more prominent regions on the worldwide wine stage. With Save On Foods, you can find the world's largest collection in one place. With more than 1,500 wines from over 180 BC VQA wineries, the unique tastes of our province have never been more convenient. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Browse the entire collection now at saveonfoods.com and discover all the different wines our province has to offer. In days of yore, thirsty travelers carry their wine in traditional Spanish wineskins known as bodas. And from that ancient tradition comes a 21st century inspiration. Introducing Boda, highly approachable, fruit-forward wines in 100% recyclable containers. With Boda Box, there's no light, no air. Boda Box keeps the elements out and the wine fresh for up to 30 days after opening for convenience you can take anywhere, anytime, even at home. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Find out more at BodaBox.com. Come celebrate 10 seasons with the Wine Experience Centre team at Black Hills Estate Winery. Enjoy our new releases while basking on the sunny vineyard terrace. Or become a wine club member and enjoy a wine experience in one of our private cabanas while sampling our rare Carmenere. Can't make it out to the Okanagan this spring? You can also join us from the comfort of your own home with one of our virtual wine tasting sets. For more information, follow us on Instagram or to reserve a tasting experience, visit blackhillswinery.com. If you're a wine lover and you're ready for something new, try a little long-distance therapy. It's the wine club four out of four wine lovers would probably agree on. With 15% off therapy wine, discounted shipping, 20% off regular seasonal rates at the Inn at Therapy Vineyards, access to exclusive library wines, and more. Click therapyvineyards.com and choose your tier and frequency of delivery and sit back and wait as some of the Okanagan's finest is delivered direct to your door. Sign up today at therapyvineyards.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guests are Lindsay O'Rourke and Graham O'Rourke. They're uh, co-owners, uh, winemaker, viticulturalist for Tightrope Winery, and uh, also Graham's very much involved in the sustainable wine-growing British Columbia, which is uh, something that everybody in BC needs to uh, listen to and learn about when it comes to how we're gr- going to grow wine in the next 100 years in uh, this region and whether we're going to make it to the top or not. I think this is going to be a big part of it. Uh, welcome to the show. Great to have both of you on. And my first question is, I love the name of your winery, Tightrope. Who came up with that, and how long did it take you to decide on a name for the winery? Well, <laughs> uh, well thanks very much for having us. Um yeah, the tightrope name came from a branding company who helped us originally, and they they came up with a bunch of of different names and concepts for the brand. And uh, the tightrope just sort of stuck with us because it um, 
is a great metaphor for not only, you know, growing grapes and making wine, it's always a tightrope, but it's a great metaphor for life and, and everything else. So uh, yeah, it just stuck with us. And, and that's uh, why we went with that name. There's a great film called The Walk. I don't know if you've seen it uh, with the French fellow that, that does goes on a tightrope between uh, in New York, between the you know tallest buildings in New York. If you mm. haven't seen it, I bet you could really relate to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we have seen it, and it is um, it is a great it, it is a great movie. It's, um, we've actually watched it here in the winery in the cellar. We had a, a, a movie night one night and, and watched that movie. It's great. Um, you know, we do walk a tightrope here making our wine, but you would never get me up on those buildings doing something like that. That's, uh, that <laughs> That's a bit not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, talking about tightropes, Graham, uh, let's talk a little bit about sustainable wine growing British Columbia. You were uh, one of the key figures to get it going, and you're the first winery to be certified. Let's start with sustainability. Uh, it's a big word. A lot of people say it's a bunch of hooey, and a lot of people think it's fantastic. Uh, I'm in the second camp. Tell us, uh, w- tell us what we're doing in BC or what we're trying to achieve with it. Well, with the program, the inception and the idea started in about 2008. And yeah, there was about a dozen of us uh, th- throughout the whole valley that wanted to bring something to the table that sort of took the best of the organic standards and took the best of conventional, using you know science and matching it to the season and the viticulture around it, but then also being very socially responsible as well. There are practices that are accepted in other standards that we felt were not socially responsible. And and as far as the end goal was to get this certification program going so that you were held to the fire as far as, you know, saying what, saying what you do and then actually having an auditor on site come out and verify that you are in fact doing the different things that you're putting in your marketing material. So that's, we're, we're there now. We've finally 2021 have one winery, us, a tightrope certified under the program. There's four independent vineyards that are on the cusp of completing the certification and one other winery who I can't yet mention, but they will be announcing very soon that they've been certified. So there, there's two, there's two avenues. There's uh, vineyards that can be uh, certified and wineries. Is that correct? Or That is absolutely correct. You can uh, um, be an independent vineyard and fall into the certification program which is what we are asking all of our growers to do and other wineries are doing the same because there's a minimum requirement for what goes through the building as far as production that has to be in the program to call yourself certified. Right. Our guests are Graham O'Rourke and Lindsay O'Rourke from Tightrope Winery. Uh, We're talking uh, at the moment about sustainable wine growing in British Columbia. Is there a big cost to to becoming um, sustainable? There's a big cost in the beginning in terms of the time involved. Because there is an audit program process, a lot of documentation has to be put together. Like you have to actually show the auditors and the project manager 
your systems and what you're doing. So there is a, there's time involved. The, the actual dollar value cost, um, it's there because we want it to be an industry paid program, but it's not, it's not out of reach for even small wineries to become part of the program. Now it's not greenwashing, but what is greenwashing? <laughs> well, in our industry, a lot of people say they do certain things and because that's what the consumer and the public needs to hear. They feel like they need to hear it to buy their wine. And, you know, the, the auditor program here, the certification program, you can't just say you do stuff. Like, you're going to be held to the fire a little bit yes. around how you farm grapes. And that's, that's mostly what it is. It's your output in the in the farm that most people are concerned about. There are so many other components of sustainability as far as your irrigation, your water usage, your waste management. Like what do you do with the grapes and the skins and Reiki after you're done with them? Do they right. go to the landfill or do you have a place that can turn it into compost for you? And then you put it back in the vineyard as a nutrient management plan. Yeah. So it's, and like I said, it's, it's, there's more to it. Also, there's there's an economic part to it too. I mean, first of all, you to be sustainable means you got to stay in business. Otherwise, there's no point in doing any of this. But also, there's there's a social and economic side that's very important in the way that you treat your employees, the way that you interact with the community. Is so that's all part of the of the BC program. One hundred percent. What we do affects what our neighbors uh, have to live with. So we have to all be responsible for every single thing that we do and and as far as the economics of it yeah you have to you have to stay in business um but a lot of times people find the more they follow the program the more they realize they can actually save a bit of money yeah yeah yeah, it's uh, uh, the other thing I like is that I, th- I I understand that you looked at around the world. You didn't in- invent the wheel. You went and looked at some of the best programs al- around the world, and then decided what was really great and what what you thought would work, and brought it to BC and put a package together that you think will work here. Is is that more or less the way it came about? Or that is one hundred percent what happened. We boiled down probably twelve different programs from South Africa to France to Oregon Live to New Zealand's program and and picked the components that suited our climate mostly and our environment that we grow in. Okay, uh, I'm going to switch over to tightrope for a minute. Uh, and my question is now, if, you're, if you are actually certified sustainable, how will I know that when I buy a bottle of wine and what will I see or how will you transmit that information to the consumer? Maybe, Lindsay, you can tell us what's going on with that. Right, yeah. So once you're certified, you get the rights to use the um, Sustainable Wine Growing British Columbia certified um, logo and stamps and stuff like that. So on all our wine bottles, right now we've just got a sticker that we've put on, but um, it will become part of our wine bottle. So you can look on the back of the label and it should be have a certified uh, stamp on there. And then we've also, you know, we've got a, some signs up here at the winery and stuff like that as well. And I'm sure, sure we'll have it up on the website um, once we're sort of in the middle of revamping that. But yeah, so um, yeah, we'll just sort of try to get it out every any way we can to let people know that we've completed the program and that we're certified. So you mostly you'll see it on the wine bottles as a consumer when you're at, at you know, in a, at a sure. wine shop. 
uh, getting ready to pick out a bottle. So, yeah. Lindsay, is there anything that surprised you when you started your own winery? Um, <laughs> surprised me? Uh, well, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I suppose, you know, like ignorance is bliss, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a lot of work. Um, it's very time-consuming for sure. And when you're a small winery, um, I guess what surprised me most is that you sort of have to be able to do everything. You know, there's only we only have a couple full-time employees, so um, to run a, a full business from growing grapes to making wine to selling wine, uh, you have to sort of become an expert in all those fields. So that was sort of the biggest surprise, I guess. You know, I trained as a winemaker, thinking of being a winemaker, and all of a sudden I've had to learn to become a marketer and um, and things like that. So I suppose that was the biggest surprise. And I see yeah. you're also a good cook because you've got some great recipes on your website. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I can't take credit for that, to be honest. <laughs> Our wine shop manager, um, Andrea Jittler, she is um, a, a chef in a previous life, and she's also an Italian wine scholar, so she's very good um, at coming up with recipes and wine and food pairings. So I'll have to give Andrea all the credit for that. I, uh, You know, one of the things I like to do with new newish wineries is to taste their wines for a few years and just sort of watch them from afar. And I, I've always been impressed with your wines from the start, the quality of them, and the, there, there's something about these wines, which is always what's good about great wines, is there's always something about them that's different. What what would you attribute to the bench? Like the Naramata bench to me seems like the perfect spot, not too cold, not too hot. How, how do you see the site you're on and, and uh, the way that you're farming it now in the, in the mid-Okanagan? What can you tell us about that bench? Um, I, I, think, I think you're right. The bench, um, it's in a great spot and where that it's a great spot for growing um, quite a few different varieties. So you can get some of the cool climate-liking uh, grapes, you know, like Pinot Noir, Riesling, and then you can also do some of the bigger reds like sort of Syrah and Cab Franc and things like that. So it, it and the bench as well has a lot of different sort of microclimates. So mm-hmm. on our one vineyard site, uh, the estate sort of where the winery is, we actually have, it's quite undulating. So you know we have a bunch. We have east facing slopes. We have southwest. We have west facing. So and north facing. So it gives you a, a huge. Um, variety of places microclimates to plant different varieties and we've planted the varieties mm-hmm. to those climates to where we think they'll do best so that's what i think makes the the Naramata bench great um yeah. we're maybe not going to do huge bordeaux really well like they do down south but um okay. like i said you still can do some of the bigger reds and some of the sort of more delicate reds as well and the more delicate whites so well yeah i think it's a listen- great yeah, we want to thank both of you for joining us today. We're going to put up uh, some information on our social media site. People can check out uh, the sustainability, the sticker, etc. But drop by Tightrope Winery the next time you're on the bench. Do the tasting and get uh, some more firsthand knowledgeable about uh, this great new project across British Columbia in which we will embrace sustainable uh, wine growing. I think it's it's fantastic and it's going to put us on another new level on a, on the global wine map. Thanks for joining us today on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Thanks, Thanks for having much. us. Thank you. Lindsay O'Rourke and Graham O'Rourke, they're uh, co-owners, winemaker, viticulturalists at Tightrope Winery on the Naramata Bench. We'll take a quick break. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. 
In days of yore, thirsty travelers carried their wine in traditional Spanish wineskins known as bodas. And from that ancient tradition comes a 21st century inspiration. Introducing Boda, highly approachable, fruit-forward wines in 100% recyclable containers. With Boda Box, there's no light, no air. Boda Box keeps the elements out and the wine fresh for up to 30 days after opening. For convenience, you can take anywhere, anytime, even at home. Boda Box, this is how we Boda. Find out more at bodabox.com. The modest butcher kitchen and market at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery in West Kelowna is ready for spring dining. Now featuring extended hours from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week. Reservations are now being accepted. All COVID safety protocols are in place for your comfort and safety as well as that of their staff. For those who would like to enjoy the modest butcher in the comfort of your own home, Modest Joe's Takeout is also available. For further information, visit modestbutcher.com. It's a new normal. My husband and I want to get away. Need something to look forward to. So we decided to book a weekend away at a European wellness resort right here in BC. Plan an escape without leaving the province at Sparkling Hill Resort. Overlooking the beautiful Okanagan Valley. Relax and focus on your health and wellness at this luxury resort. Check out the immersive wellness packages available and learn more about this undiscovered gem today at sparklinghill.com. Experience award-winning wines on the covered patio at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 to 6. For exclusive VIP experiences, join the Crush Club and get three shipments a year to top up your cellar, 15% discounts, early access to new release wines, and admission to the Wine Club Lounge. Keep up to date with spring wine tastings and estate-only promotions on their Instagram feed. Plus, Miradoro Restaurant is now open daily for outdoor patio dining with a new spring menu. For details, visit tinhorn.com. Gizmondionwine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark Gizmondionwine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at Gizmondionwine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gizmondionwine.com. Mondi on wine. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. And I want a hundred bucks on a scratch off ticket ball to 12 packs. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Our next guest is a mouthful, Dan Vitachong. He's the executive chef at the Penticton Lakeside Resort, uh, where we'll be staying as we travel through the Okanagan this summer. Dan, how are you? Good, how are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. Uh, you've been working away at the Hooded Maganser, one of my favorite places to eat out on the dock there on the at the end of the lake. Uh, are you enjoying your new job there? Yeah, I mean, I've been enjoying my time here. It's definitely, you know, it's definitely an awesome spot in the Okanagan. Best view in, in this valley for sure. Yeah, fantastic view. Well, I'd like to know, is there something that diners might not know about you? Yeah, I mean, there's lots uh, to know about me. I mean, I was born and raised in Ontario. I spent a lot of time in Vancouver recently. And, um, you know, food has always been a big part of my life. I mean, I grew up with a mom that cooked every day. You know, she would cook things from our own heritage, uh, you know, Thai, Laotian, Asian food to, you know, to your standard spaghetti and meatballs. And, and that's the kind of stuff that I like to kind of transfer through my own my own cooking as well. Boy, you were a lucky guy. Yeah. 
You, you have a bit of freedom as a chef at a at a big hotel. What what's your the focus going to be of your food at uh, at the Merganser? So yeah, so we're definitely going to be focusing on a lot more meat based options. Uh, so some more wild game, uh, foie gras, a lot of beef. Uh, we have you know local farm fresh chicken from Salmon Arm. Uh, nice ribs on our rotisserie. That's one of our showcase items that we have. Uh, our our you know our wicked rotisol rotisserie and. Um, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I, I I like to eat, and I think diners love to have as well. And do you have a favorite local product, Dan? Local product? I mean, there's tons of great cheeses in this region. Um, and, you know, there's so many great farmers, and all the produce out here is just amazing. But me personally, specific to the Okanagan, one of my favorite things, I love nectarines. And, I mean, a, a fresh nectarine picked off the tree is, you know, cannot be beaten. No, it sure can't. And you have a connection to Valley View Farm, Yep. So Valley View Farm is actually a farm that David, uh, the, the uh, David Christie, uh, has up on one of his properties. And we source a lot of our product, vegetables, produce, all that kind of stuff from that farm. So I take a couple trips a week up to that farm, talk to our farm manager, Sharon, and we kind of go through what's available, when it's, when it's going to be ready. And then I take that back to the restaurant and try to utilize it you know, on our menus, whether that's a feature or, or you know, printed right on our menu. Our guest is Dan Vitichong. He's the executive chef at the Penticton Lakeside Resort. I'm very always curious about what you would advise home cooks to, you know, to do. What, you know, if there's an important piece of advice for them, because I've taught cooking and often people, I find kids are great because their hands go up when you ask questions, but often people who who cook or don't cook a lot are are nervous cooking. Yeah, there's absolutely tips that I like to, to share with home cooks for sure. I like to, I always like use a recipe as a guideline. Definitely follow those steps, but don't be afraid to freestyle and, and, you know, put your own twist to it. I mean, cooking is a lot about feeling and, and emotion and stuff like that. And I think if you're not afraid to, to try something different, but using that recipe as a guideline and a framework to, you know, do the right steps properly, you'll always be successful. And, you know, always season your food. <laughs> yes, very important. important. That's that is a an excellent tip. Yeah, can and you to constantly taste as well? Yes, we. Uh, I want to ask you one more question. Can you sure. just describe maybe two of your uh, recent creations? Yeah. So one of my things that I'm definitely most excited for on our menu is we're going to be featuring a rabbit terrine. So it's you know a nice wild rabbit that I'm going to confit in duck fat. And then we're going to pick all the meat, press that with some fresh vegetables and serve that, you know, sliced chilled. That's definitely something I'm super excited for. And as well as um, our farm crust chicken that we're going to be having on the rotisserie. I think all the meats that are coming off the rotisserie, so we have St. Louis style ribs and, you know, whole chickens. Those are going to be things that are going to be to die for. Oh. Slow cooked, seasoned perfectly. People are going to love it. Great. Dan, thank you so much for joining us on the BC Food and Wine Show. Uh, We can't wait to get up to the Penticton Lakeside Resort. We are going to be staying there uh, as soon as uh, Dr. Bonnie gives us the word. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Dan. I'm looking forward to meeting you guys. Thank you. That was Dan Pachitafong. He's the executive chef at the Penticton Lakeside Resort. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the show. Uh, it's going to be a long weekend. We're going to all be uh, here at home around the barbecue or in the park. Don't forget, Casey, you can now have a glass of wine if you like 
down in a city park. I it's know. It's not it's against the law exactly. anymore. That's it for us. Thanks, Anissa Hetherington, for all your work. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And have a great long weekend. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.